Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 45 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, the PDGA. That is the Professional Disc Golf Association. Derek and I are playing in a PDGA-sanctioned disc golf tournament this weekend. Yeah. Uh, in Sunny Mead. Sunny Mead Disc Golf Course, I think is the it, technical, in yeah. Middleborough, Massachusetts. Yeah, we, we played the course a couple times. Well, we played it twice last weekend and once the weekend before. I shot a plus three, which uh, is pretty good. So, yeah, it sounds not great. <laughs> but it's actually pretty great. Yeah. So it's like normal golf rules were high, like low score good? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, our buddy Sam, who's probably the number one co- – we're playing in the intermediate division. Yeah. And our buddy Sam, who's probably the toughest competition in the intermediate division, uh, he's, his best is plus two. So I'm coming for you, Sam boy. Yeah, and I think the the that we're playing like a specific layout of the course – that is not its normal layout. It's like an all par three layout. So it's some of the holes are like pretty hard because yeah. they have to go quite the distance for a par three. And I think the the top score on the layout online so, is a negative three. Negative Ooh. three, which is pretty crazy for uh you, you know usually you'll see something like a negative ten, eleven, maybe negative eleven. Um, I think that on the normal layout it's like negative ten, negative eleven, or something like that. So yeah, it's not an easy layout, but. No. We're we're gonna do it, and we're gonna see how it goes. Well, I'm sure we'll, you'll get an update next week yeah, on that. Well, good uh, luck. So yes, good luck to you, Derek. Um, and video games. Yeah. Joining me this week is Adam. I'm finally back. And Derek. Hello. No Andrew this week. He uh, had a lot going on at work. Didn't want to stretch himself too thin by making it here. So we're gonna do a cast with just the three of us. We got though an email from Andrew. Uh, <laughs> as soon as he told me he wasn't gonna make it tonight, he sent me an email. And I've lightly skimmed it, and it seems to be some sort of discussing question. So let's go with All right. that. He said, hey, boys, with the next generation of consoles nearly within our grasp, I has, I've been incredibly apprehensive about starting any new games so close to launch. I personally vibe with that very tightly. I've just been playing Super Mario RPG, and the thought of like, oh, maybe I'll start a new Fire Emblem run. We've been talking about doing that. Or yeah, maybe now's yeah. the time to start Breath of the Wild. No. Next no. week, I'm going to have three new games to play, four or five new games. So, yeah, no. Uh, you guys are all itching to get <laughs> so, many, right? so many good things. Uh, Andrew says, I am anticipating dipping my toe into at least six games on PS5 during launch weekend, likely oh making my it my most involved console launch of all time, albeit being one of the only launches I've been a part of as an independent. With our age gap separating the eras in which we uh, entered gaming, what console launch made you absolutely drop everything to partake in, and what was it about that particular hardware or its launch titles that made you do so? One more week, baby. And then he sent a follow-up email that said, don't say Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> so, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, all right. So, basically, what console launch were you the most excited and involved in? Ooh. Going back. Um. I think the one we've talked about the Wii launch a ton of times, but I wouldn't say I like I was involved in it because the only game that like maybe two games like came out and like I didn't get to play it for like a month because or did we just talk about this in the car the other day? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you I and I were talking, we talking about, about it okay, <laughs> yeah. on our way to play Disco. Maybe we haven't talked about it. Well, uh, I think we we had to, I had ugh, my mom woke me up one morning and said, do you want to go get a Wii? And it was the Wii launch date. And I was like, uh, sure. Not even like thinking about ever wanting one. And that was the only console I've ever gotten on launch day. And I got Twilight Princess and Red Steel. 
Ah, uh, oh, yeah, a lot of people one. talked about Red yeah. Steel. Twilight Princess was obviously like great and awesome, and then Red Steel was a pretty cool game at the time. Um, but I think for me, the one I'm like was most excited about and really pumped about games was the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I got one like a month after launch, and I I was a big fan of the Infamous series. So the first game I bought was um, Infamous Second Son, which was like the third game in the series, mm-hmm. and I played that like to death for like because I think there wasn't a big launch for PS4. Resogun, uh, right? Yeah, Resogun. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I think that was my most like I was like watching, and it was like the minute I had enough money to buy one, I bought one. Solid. Do you have any memories, Adam? Of I mean, so like I haven't really gotten to the point of like. You know, PS5 replacing like you guys because I'm still in school, so I still have fairly limited limited time, limited money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's that problem. So I would probably pick up, pick up a PlayStation like down the line, but once I have more time and disposable income. Yeah. But honestly, like among all that, since I was mostly doing Nintendo until I built my PC this year, they'd probably say the one I was actually really the only one I got like excited for was the switch mm-hmm. and before andrew yells at me later it wasn't just because of breath of the wild <laughs> it was because of snipper clips oh clearly yes or one two snips no, just like the entire idea of the switch like yeah. it's just a cool concept at the time like yeah it's like, so it's like a it's a handhold and a console like for me that was just kind of cool like the whole idea of it yeah like you mean i can play console quality games while just lounging on my bed that's awesome mm-hmm. uh for me the biggest one uh, I only started recently buying consoles within release window within the last decade or so. Obviously, growing up as a kid, you're kind of uh, restricted by what your parents help you out with or buy for you, you know? Mm. So up until recently, it was always save up my birthday money and buy it a couple years after launch used at GameStop for 80 bucks. That's how I got my PS2. Uh, PS1 I got was a hand-me-down from my neighbor. So I would always kind of weasel my way into game consoles. And then with the Wii uh, that was came out in November, got it for Christmas, wasn't allowed to open it until Christmas. Wii U, same thing, came out, I think, early November, wasn't allowed to open it until Christmas. Yeah. Um, but the first big one that I remember kind of being important to me was the 3DS. Mm. When that first came out and it was super overpriced, I had just started a job because uh, that was – I was a freshman in college when the 3DS came out, I think. So I had a job uh, as a dishwasher and I had saved up a bunch of money and it it was like my first big purchase I was going to make with all of my own personal income. No help from my parents, no allowance, Mm -hmm. no birthday money or anything uh, like that. So there weren't a lot of great things for the 3DS when it first came out. Most notably, I think Super Mario. No, that wouldn't have been Super Mario. What did I play? Did Ocarina of Time come out close to launch? I don't think it came out close to launch. No? It might have been. I don't even remember what I got with it when it yeah, came out. Yeah, I don't out. remember what I got with mine. Mario, nah, Mario Kart 7? I don't think so. There was that Super Mario 3D Land thing. But I don't think that was a launch that was, title. That was a long time back. Um, all right, here are the launch titles for the 3DS in North America. Pilot Wings Resort, I didn't have. Steel Diver, I didn't get. Nintendogs Plus Cats did not get. Um, Super Street Fighter, The Sims, Madden, Pro Evolution Soccer, Lego Star Wars. What did I get? <laughs> right, I don't think I don't think there were any good games for the 3DS at launch. Maybe, um, because yeah, Kid Icarus didn't come for a while. <laughs> Maybe I was just playing DS games on it, and I- it was just more so. 
like but i remember getting it was it, at right. launch yeah and it, yeah it was yeah more so like i'm getting this and i'm paying for it with my own money yeah there were no good launch games um but yeah ocarina of time did come out shortly after launch i think it was a couple of months okay it was, yeah because that might have been the first game i i bought then yeah <laughs> uh so yeah that was a big one for me um it was the the turquoise blue one and then eventually i upgraded to the new nintendo 3ds when that came out because uh, the other one the old one just i don't know felt clunky by the time the new one came out but anyways uh that was mine but yeah thank you for the question andrew it was yeah a great good question. discussion yeah super excited for the future of uh video games starting next week uh all yeah, right i'm fully expecting to not hear a word from any of you for like a solid week <laughs> until the following, comes out. <laughs> the podcast. following podcast like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna come down here for the podcast you guys are gonna still be here just playing it <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk about some news stuff. Not a ton this week. Uh, we're trying to keep this episode relatively short because I have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to go work at a concrete batch plant because, you know, work. Uh, all right, let's talk more about Cyberpunk CD Projekt Red. Their stock has dropped 25% over two months. Uh, this is mostly based on their announcements of the delay of Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. So do you think it's more of the delay or the multiple delays oh definitely the multiple delays but i think part of it for sure is just the bad press and the yeah, bad image that it's all getting any good press and and they say you know uh that all press is good press or whatever but yeah there's no such case, thing as bad uh this is attention been bad bad attention for them because it's all been about right about the crunch about the delays, and so I'm sure investors or s- people who invest in that company are like, mm, "This none of this sounds good." Maybe people are. I'm sure, like you're talking about, Jeff. People are maybe ready for it, the game to fail. I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting it to fail, but I wouldn't be surprised if this game comes out and there's something right. fundamentally wrong with it to the point where like reviews will come out and there'll be sixes and there'll be so many people that's like it's not a nine or ten i'm not buying it yeah, i know yeah. andrew said unless it's a 10 he's probably not gonna buy it unless it's like because yeah at this yeah. point there's like this unattainable level of hype behind this thing like, absolutely it's been flouted this is so high marcy <laughs> uh, marcy has joined us on the podcast as our fourth member <laughs> marcy 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 smile i'm trying not to move she doesn't bite me that's okay keep going hi <laughs> <laughs> marcy uh yeah so what was I saying? Right, yeah, this game has been hyped up for years as just something really, really crazy, this technical masterpiece. And after multiple delays, you kind of have to wonder whether or not it's uh, it's going to live up to it. Or I think we've even talked about it a little bit, or you guys have. I <laughs> we did, yeah, right? We dedicated yeah. a whole podcast to it. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like, is it is it that problem we're seeing of, does it run fine on PC, but the consoles are crapping out? Or is yeah. it like persistent bugs throughout that they can't fix like that's what i'd be curious to know about like what is the extent of it yeah yeah and obviously the people i don't know anything about how stocks work and like prices of such stocks uh but obviously when things are going well the prices go up and when things are going poorly prices go down and i don't know how much the people who actually uh work in the stocks or influence the stocks know about the the video game itself and like the goings ons uh, apparently they have to know enough to know that hey the word around this game isn't as good as it used to be but like i'm curious as how much that they know do they just see another delay and they're like oh uh i don't know sell 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 i like i don't know how it works 
I mean, it's probably just the idea of, well, this is like the third time they've delayed it, so that's not a good sign of it doing well from a business perspective. Like, hey, you guys aren't putting out, like, your major product right now. Is it going to come out? Yeah. And by the time it does come out, how much are you actually going to sell based on how good the final product is going to be? Mm Because at this point, it's just putting more and more strain on the idea that it's going to be a decent game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um like it will be a game. <laughs> it will. There will be a video game called Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> but I think it's. For all we know, it, we it, think. like those, those rumors are. Wasn't the rumor that it might be working fine on PC? But then how much? Yeah. Think yeah. of how much they lose out if. Oh, it works fine on PC, but if you want to play it on a console, it's going to be this buggy mess. Right. Uh, yeah. T-Con, it's a massive friend of the show, former uh, member of the show, sent me this really funny image. Uh, you know the yellow. The title card with the black text that they do yeah uh <laughs> it's it's uh it's a uh, one of those and it <laughs> says cyberpunk 2077 we regret to inform you that our game was never actually in development <laughs> oh, <I saw> <laughs> thank you for your support that's great <laughs> it's just the funniest i lost it when he sent we me that oh. uh so yeah, we, we just hired keanu reeves to hype you up over nothing <laughs> uh so yeah so. and again the story of cyberpunk 2077 uh only gets deeper and we we don't won't know how it all ends until Another month, <laughs> maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, at, the, maybe at this point, we we'll surprised if we get the see the game and like the entire game is just that one cut scene with Keanu they showed us. Like that's it. That's the game. And then the credits roll. Yep, <laughs> it's actually a movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's nothing we can do but wait and see what happens. Uh, Adam, you and I and Andrew was there, but he's not here currently. Went to uh, buddies of ours and we watched the 2020 League of Legends we World did. Championships Finals. It was much better than last year's. It was it was a much better set of games. It was four games instead of uh, the clean 3-0 sweep. They're four very close games, except for the last one. The last one was a bit of a stomp. Yeah, last one started steamrolling hard. Uh, we woke up at. I personally woke up at five thirty. We had to matches started at six a.m. I got yeah. up at four thirty because I live further away. Yeah. Uh, so it was worth it though. There are good matches. Steve we, made really good. Steve breakfast. made great breakfast breakfast for us, so that was nice. Um, but the thing that I want to mention about this is that we got a, a bit of a teaser trailer for the Ruined King. That looks fun. Which is uh, a, the League of Legends yep, yep. Uh, turn-based RPG that is coming to PC and the Switch and consoles in 2021, early 2021, I believe. Um, so I know they had talked about doing story-based games, single-player games for the League of Legends universe, uh, and this is the first we're actually seeing. And the fact that it's a turn-based RPG. Gets me so excited because it's one of my favorite genre of games. Uh, Final Fantasy, obviously, the Bravely series, uh, a very uh, amazing set of turn-based RPGs. It's but it's it's more of a Western, t- right? It's more like uh, like Divinity, and we don't really know yet. Um, we, we, uh, I'm assuming it's more of like a JRPG because ter- it says turn-based, right? But I, that, that's the thing. Divinity is, is also turn-based. Like they didn't. I don't think they've really. Yeah, isn't that more like a CRPG? I mean, I'm playing Divinity right now. It's I, what's a CRPG again? Yeah, what's a CRPG? Uh, computer RPGs are kind of like, hang uh, uh, on, look, look up good art. It's more of a. It's like a. It's like you're rolling stats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's more that way. I mean, I could yeah. see this. Okay, so I see what you're 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 differentiating between turn base and that. The, yeah, is... I just looked up CRPG games and yeah. Divinity Original Sin are both on here. Okay, so Kotor's yeah, a CRPG. Okay, so that oh that even considers. 
Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe it is more of a JRPG style game. I mean, I was expecting a CRPG. I'm thinking like Final Fantasy style where you collect your party members and they each specialize in one thing because you have Misfortune, Alawi, Brom, Pike, Yasuo, and Ari. So they each kind of fill a role. You got Brom as the big tanky guy. You got uh, Misfortune as the ranged, squishy, but powerful person. Ari's your mage. Yeah, Ari's the mage. Pike's the assassin, high risk, high reward. Yasuo's... The cloud, mm. the generic, yeah. you know, and Alawi's mm. like the bruiser. So they all kind of fill a JRPG archetype, and that's why it—that's kind of the vibe I was getting from it, at least. Okay. Yeah, but like, it does have a little bit up in the air because honestly, that cinematic was pretty cool. Yeah, I was, thought it was a wild whiff, a wild rift trailer to begin with. It's it, like the art style they went with it. Yeah, it seemed really cool. Uh, it was just like they're in a bar and they just start beating up dudes, and then like one by one, like, the party assembles, and then yeah, they go to the Shadow yeah. Isles, and that's where the Ruined King is. Obviously, the Ruined King is, or there's the Blade of the Ruined King, which is one of the items. So now they're deeping in or diving deep into the lore of like who is the Ruined King. Actually, um, I think he looks uh, like Soren from. Oh, neither of you are magic players. Uh, he looks like Soren, <laughs> the vampire planeswalker from MTG. Well, actually, there's also a rumor going around that the Ruined King himself or someone closer related to him will be the next jungle champion. Huh. Because there was a... Do you ever read the champion roadmaps? Yeah. So the last one they did where they teased Seraphine and then the next two, like we're getting a, a tank support and then a possessive jungler. Okay. So when they talk about the jungler, they show a picture of a ring, right? Mm-hmm. So the symbol on that ring is the same exact symbol on the Ruined King's sword. Huh. So if you go back oh and boy. look, the, the symbols match. That would be cool. So the, either the theory is like either he is the champion in some iteration, maybe like pre-ruined king, or mm. it's someone associated with him. That'd be cool. Interesting. So yeah, they're kind of going a deep dive here. Maybe like he'll be in the game to kind of capitalize off of the ruined yeah, king. Yeah, game. maybe the game comes out, it's out for a couple months, and the ending kind of leads to him becoming one of the league champions. That could be really That'd cool. That would be kind of cool, yeah. But yeah, like go back and look at it later. You'll see that the symbol on the hilt of his sword is the same one that's on the ring. I'll have to check that out. Um, but yeah, regardless, I'm super excited for this. Like I said, turn-based RPGs, some of my favorite games, uh, my, my favorite game genre. Um, I love the world of League of Legends. It's very well written, very cool lore across the board. Everything so. is so interconnected. And they've actually they set this up before. They set this up before because remember when they did the the Kin of the Stained Blade video uh-huh. for Yone? Yeah. Well, the end of that video, it shows Ari and Yasuo taking a boat to Bilgewater. Huh. So it's kind of like that might have been like a mini setup for why they're in Bilgewater. Interesting. Cool. It's like even like everything is starting to intertwine, and that's just really cool from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. I I am definitely looking forward to games that aren't League of Legends that are set in the League of Legends universe. Yeah, because honestly, the characters are all so unique and interesting, and there's just so much storytelling potential in that world, so I'm happy to see them using this this lore they've built up in other ways. Mm. I know we're still getting a fighting game from them at some point. Uh, A platformer starring Echo. Yeah, there's going to be an Echo game. There's going to be a Vi Jinx tv show or something so they're they're expanding the world of league of legends quite a bit going forward uh so get ready for that uh all right the last two things we're going to talk about are both ps5 related um as of today we're starting to get like a huge info dump basically everything about xbox word on the street is series x is pretty amazing except for there's really no games play on it the controller is just like even more so perfecting 
the the yeah. Xbox controllers. We're finding it to like be just the perfect gaming controller. We're getting like getting as close as you can get basically at this point. Um, so and then the Series S is an amazing uh, box for Game Pass. Uh, that's kind of what I'm noticing across the internet. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, however, uh, with the PS5, we still things are still kind of up in the air because it's coming out two days later. So maybe two days from now, we'll start to see right, all that yeah. stuff about PS5. But whenever the embargo lifts, as of now, it seems like PS5 will not support 1440p resolution. And then Derek, you wanted to talk about this. So yeah. What's uh, what's the importance of this? Uh, so I think the big importance of of this is that it locks the uh, games to be played at like either 4K or 1080p. Um, and in like over the past couple of years in the gaming community, at least I know 1440p has become a very popular uh, resolution for a monitor for if you're like you don't have the it's basically the mid-tier setup. Mm. Uh, if you have a mid-tier graphics card, a mid-tier CPU, you have a 1440p monitor maybe at 144 hertz or, or whatever because you you can't do 4K 60 frames and so you want a higher, you know, still good quality but higher frame frames per second. Um, and so I I personally think the big thing that knocks it into is that we're not so most PS4 games are going to be optimized to run at 60 frames per second. They're not going to be optimized to run at higher frames. Uh, a big marketing standpoint for Xbox has been that they're going to offer up to 120 frames per second 4K and uh, may, like maybe the PS5 can... I don't think they've talked about 120 frames per second, but for 120 hertz monitors or TVs don't really exist right now in a price point for 4K. It's mm. like... That's like a $10,000 TV. Yeah. Um, but monitors, it does exist. It's like you know, 1000 $2,000, whatever. Um, so the big thing with the 1440p is if... If you're like me and own a 1440p monitor, um, I like I was excited to use my Xbox on my 1440p monitor and uh, be able to play games at pretty high frame rates at a maybe not 4K but still you know a good resolution better than 1080. Uh, but the problem is with the PS5 now, if you have it, it's gonna scale it down to 1080 and then up res it to 1440 and it just won't look great. Uh, so that's what people, most people, I don't, I don't think it's a big issue, at least for me, because I have a 4k monitor <laughs> that's 60, you know, 60 Hertz that I'll use my PS five on. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people are like, well, I already have all this equipment. Why would I spend more money on a 4k thing when, so it, yeah. I think for maybe a, a small crowd of the gaming community, this might've been a game, like the decision to go, go PS five or Xbox. Um, yeah. Right. Because the Xbox does support 1440 yes, right it, yeah it so does. yeah this could be the deciding factor of oh i wasn't sure what i was gonna get i'm super on the fence i'm just waiting for that one thing this could have been that one thing yeah uh, i feel like that might be a handful of people if that but still uh that could be a deciding factor for some people yeah th is, it definitely seems like sony is just said we're committing to the 4k crowd and we want our games to look beautiful like they you know they don't care about performance like high frames whatever they just want the, their games to look stunning and people to be amazed by them yeah um all right let, let's talk about this last thing uh so the article i have here uh pertains to ps5 but we also now know a little bit of information about the xbox yep. series x and s as well you will not be able to buy a ps5 in stores or 
on launch day or for the rest of this year. Uh, you will only be able to order them online. Uh, and for Xbox, we learned it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so basically, Sony put out a statement saying we, because of COVID-19, uh, in the interest of keeping our gamers and retailers safe, all day of launch sales will be conducted through online stores of our retail partners. So you could still go on walmart.com target.com probably amazon and hopefully you could try to order one of these consoles basically they're saying they're gonna have more stock online on launch day yeah but you won't be able to walk into a store which i talked about what two episodes ago yeah that i my plan was to on tuesday the 10th on launch day for xbox series x go out to a bunch of different stores i was gonna try walmart i was gonna try target best buy gamestop i was gonna try all of them and see what the situation was like if i was gonna be able to find any of the consoles just kind of sit in there pick one up take it home or if the, everything was already gonna be gone from the morning or yeah, if they're gonna yeah. get anything but now we know they're not getting anything um <laughs> uh, it sucks to know this less than a week away from the xbox and exactly one week away from the playstation yeah because that kind of puts a dampener on i was really excited for that day whether i came home with an xbox or not i was just excited excited for that experience but now knowing, yeah, you're not going to be able to get one. So uh, they said uh, Walmart is going to have more Xboxes on stock on Tuesday, in stock on Tuesday at noon. So I will, I'll, I guess I'll try. It's not nearly as fun, and I'm not going to get it that day. Right. Uh, I think that's the big thing is if you didn't pre-order one, you cannot get an Xbox or a PS5 on launch day. Yeah, you can't play it unless you already have it coming to you. I, I'm, I'm assuming since... Um, the you most likely they're just, it's just they have them at their uh warehouses yeah uh it, you will probably get it next day if you do in-store pickup or something oh uh, i guess that's uh, yeah so I, I guess that's, usually i think you can it's like one day or do you think they would even yeah have maybe like they're in the marcy are you no that was me i hit it okay <laughs> uh we've had a history with the recorder getting unplugged and it deletes all of the previous uh <laughs> recording and so. it just like moved ghostly uh out of nowhere and i thought marcy was gonna unplug the recording uh but it was just eric anyways uh are they actually gonna have the consoles in the back of the store and like they didn't say that in any of the articles but the stores will have them yeah. you can order it and then select in-store pickup and then go get it uh i think derek you were saying that's what it seemed like that's some what, of the places were gonna do that's what it seemed like but i did a little more digging while we were, before we started doing this and it looks like it's gonna be a situation where it's like they don't have any in the stores physically it's okay. they're all in the warehouses so the best buy what you know best buy GameStop, whatever yeah. wherever their warehouse is and it'll be shipped either you can have it shipped to the store or you can have it shipped to you huh yeah it's crazy i'm i'm sad because i was really excited to go and uh yeah. Do some investigating so, on Tuesday, but if you're impatient, your best bet's probably Walmart or Amazon because I think those that you can get one day shipping with those. Uh, if, if yeah, store pickup I, isn't an option. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the quickest. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm gonna have the PlayStation on on when, Thursday if that shows up on time, which I think it will. It probably will. Uh, but yeah, a little weird. It's gonna be a weird <laughs> thing. This yeah. is gonna go down as history as something very different. Yeah, very, very different and very odd. Um, all right, that is all I have for news. Do you guys want to... Uh, it seems like, uh, as Andrew kind of stated in his email and from just chatting with you guys, no, none of us have been playing anything new. We're hesitant yeah, I on... I forgot about something. Oh, really? You got yeah. something new? 
Uh, it seems like most of us are pretty hesitant on starting anything new in anticipation yeah. for all of the games coming out next week with the new consoles. Um, so I have a small update. Derek has a small update. But Adam, you said you got something new you want to talk about? Yeah, it's like semi-new. Well, like I new for me to play. I played the second round of the Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC. Oh, yeah. Oh, we right. talked yes. about this we last week. And we're like, week. we wish Adam I, was here. I totally yeah. forgot about it. Okay. What okay. do you got? Well, what's the inside scoop? It is better than the first round. That okay. is kind of what I've heard. It's better. Okay. Does that make it good, though? I still think it's pretty good. Okay. Like, there's definitely... It feels like there's more to do in this second round. Uh-huh. Because, actually, my roommate and I have been doing a lot of the new, like, max raid adventures. Mm-hmm. Like, to get legendaries. Yeah. Like, kind of takes the fun out of it, in, in a sense of finding legendaries, but there's still a crap ton of legendaries you can actually go find in the world. Yeah, so it's more of a grinding process now instead of, like, oh, do this cool story quest, and then there's the one legendary of the well, game. Yeah, but, like, that's only for some. Like, there's actually, when you get there, there's a bunch of legendaries, and, like, there's three main missions, mm-hmm. and each one will yield, like, different legendaries for you to go get. Like, for the new Calyrex one, there's this whole, like, side story mission of you wandering on the tundra to help it regain its power okay hmm. and like when it comes to the birds like the the three new forms of articuno zapdos and moltres yeah aren't those kind of similar to suicune reiku and entei where they're just kind of roaming around in random spots that's what i've heard yeah so what happens is actually each one when you encounter them and the overall for the first time you get a cutscene. Uh-huh. it's a pretty funny cutscene actually too but that's beside the point <laughs> so each one of them actually goes off to a different location okay so Zapdos heads for the wild area. Articuno stays in the tundra, and Moltres actually goes off the Isle of Armor. I've caught two of them. It goes back to the previous DLC's location? Yeah. Okay. Like, each huh. one picks a di- like one of the roamable overworlds. Yeah. But the thing is, you can actually see them on the map. Like, it's not a yeah, that's cool. grass random encounter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Zapdos, it's a, it's a freaking ostrich now. So, so it's just <laughs> running around? <laughs> yeah, look, look up video of it. Like, you get anywhere near it, it books off. You have to chase it on your bike. <laughs> and I've <laughs> seen fun. so many videos cool. of people getting so close to it, and the battle initiates, and it's a fucking metapod that they didn't see in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so good. So Zapdos was the first one I caught because it was the easiest. Okay. Uh, Articuno, what happens if you get close to it? It splits itself into three because it's psychic type now. Weird. So that was a little hard to catch. I actually found it the second time because uh, it, like, poofed right in front of me and i ran into it on accident oh that's fun <laughs> and moltres is the only one i haven't caught up to yet okay because it flies over the uh like the water in the aisle yeah so it's, it's a little hard to catch gotcha evidently the trick too is you got to get in front of it but they are fast huh and there's this whole stuff with the reggies too so it's actually a callback to ruby and sapphire where they're in a temple got to figure out how to open the door so there's riddles yeah not to the extent of the braille but there's still things you got to figure out. So there's stuff like that going on. And actually, like, there's even more stuff that's not even, like, listed in those first three missions. Huh. So it's like uh, the Swords of Justice from Black and White. Like, Cobali uh, and Terrakian and Viz- whatever it's called. Yeah, Verizon. They have, they have footprints that are in the area. And Sonya comes down. And you have to go looking for all their footprints spread across the tundra. And once you get enough, she can figure out where it is in the tundra. And then it'll just be there roaming the overworld. Cool. I like the the roaming the overworld aspect. Trying to find legendaries in random encounters was always so painful. Yeah, but there's actually a decent number of legendaries you can do this with. Nice. Which makes it really fun. But honestly, even the max rates are kind of fun with just doing it with friends because there's some Pokemon you can get through them. Like 
I did it right the second time, and I got a swamp bird out of it. L- uh, like the evolution of Mudkip? Yeah. Nice. Like, you can get the Hoenn starters through it. That's cool. And I got a shiny Drudigan by accident doing it. By accident. Well, cool. I caught a Drudigan during it, and then it didn't even show me it was shiny until after I was done with it. Uh-huh. So I was going to take the legendary we caught, and then, like, wait a minute, that Drudigan is shiny. I'm sorry, legendary, I'm taking this. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, it feels like there's more to do on this one. Cool. That's cool. So Has- it, like, it doesn't feel like uh, the first DLC was more like, go here, go here, go here, go here. Okay, you're done. Uh, it was kind of like very much story driven, but yeah, this one yeah. feels more open ended exploratory version. Nice, cool. That sounds cool. Plus, there is a new mechanic there where like, there's this new horse Pokemon that goes with the the box legendary for this expansion. Uh-huh. There's two versions of it, but they're not version exclusive. Like you get to pick story points that determine which horse you see. Gotcha. And they did the same thing with the two new Regis. Like when you get to the temple that has it, you get to pick which one you're going to fight. Okay, get, but you can only get one. Can you get a, the other one from, from a friend or something? Yeah, you got to trade. Okay, yeah. that's what my roommate and I are gonna do. We decided like, okay, I'll get electric, you get dragon. Gotcha. But just some fun new mechanics and just overall, I enjoy it. Good. That's good to hear. Considering like it's everyone is pretty lukewarm on the game as a whole. Hearing that the last DLC is is pretty like, decent. It's, it's a nice. nice throwback to some of the older feelings of being able to look for the legendary Pokemon because I yeah. kind of feel they've been shying away from that in the last couple. It's like. Yeah. Like, the only legendary that's, like, in a spot is, like, the main one of the story, and the rest are, like, like you said, those gimmicky, got to grind out for them. Yeah. Like, I, I really liked in the past games where, like, I can go find Articuno at the bottom of this maze kind of stuff. Mm. It's not quite up to the level of, like, through a maze, but it does have a nice callback of, I am looking for legends. Cool. Um, I'm going to give my quick Hades update. Uh, I rolled credits on Hades. Oh, Ooh. nice. It was really cool. The story is really... It lands in a really cool place, and it gives you an interesting story reason to continue to do runs. Hmm. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it was fun. I haven't picked it up since. Oh, I want to say I beat it Monday night or something. You satisfied like your addiction? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I may pick it up eventually again, Yeah. but as of right now, I haven't been compelled to go back um i mean i i, I don't know I, you know I, I feel like rolling credits is a good enough reason to to kind of to put it down put it you know put something down i i can the only you know it is a roguelike so yeah like that gameplay loop is like you're saying it's addicting you like you kind of want to play more and right now it's you know it's kind of the only game you can go play that style of game. you know you you can't get Hades somewhere else right now, so I can see like, yeah, if you are got the itch for Hades, might as well pick it up if there's still a little bit more to do. Exactly. I think a lot of it for me has been um, I've explored most of the weapons. I've explored most of the legendary boons and stuff, and mm-hmm. so I've I've kind of done a little bit of everything, and after rolling credits and having basically touched everything at least once i'm feeling satisfied as of now yeah and like i said yeah. i might just get that itch and want to go back and play but i think my addiction has been uh cured <laughs> i'm no longer addicted to hades i'm still a huge fan of hades as the game but i'm at a point where i can step away at least for a little bit and be content yeah nice uh all right derek what about your update uh so uh, on the theme of it, I did play a little more Hades, and I think I've realized that I am not exploring all of the gameplay options enough, and I think there's some mechanics and things I'm missing because I aren't am not, I haven't been, uh, I don't, 
I haven't been <laughs> exploring the relationships with people, so oh, I haven't been so getting cool. like the quests. There's like quests involved, I think, with that, and yeah. I think I've gotten the vibe that there's rewards for completing those. Yeah. So I'm now like, okay, now there's I have more of an incentive to kind of because I I like stopped getting um the nectars. Because I was like, well, I already talked to everybody, almost everybody. And if I got you talk to everyone the, once, you get all of the keepsakes. Yeah, I got most of the keepsakes. So I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'll am not. i do other things. But now I'm like, oh, I'm not progressing really anywhere else until I like actually beat the game. So mm-hmm. let me uh, pivot and do that. So I, um, I did almost, I got, I thought I beat the game <laughs> today. Oh, you thought you were going to roll credits? I Well, I thought, I'm sorry, I, I thought I beat the final boss. Have you not done it yet still? No. Oh no! So you don't know what happens after you beat it the first time. No, I still don't know what happens. Oh my after you gosh! Beat it the first time. You don't. Oh man, it's so cool. Okay. Uh, well, I did find out today that there's a second phase <laughs> to Hades. Wait. Okay. So the first time you told, I thought you were talking about the second phase. No. He just started doing a couple new attacks in his first life bar. Yeah. Like uh, I got him blow in his first life bar. <laughs> oh yeah. No. There's a second life bar. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that makes I was, sense. I was like super pumped. And then he did like his AOE attack after he comes out of his into his second phase and it killed me. <laughs> and I was like, "What? Oh uh, no!" <laughs> so uh, I definitely, it definitely that reinvigorated my interest a little bit in the game. Nice. Uh, so I'll be playing that I think a little bit more okay. as I finish up Dark Souls. Which one? So Dante and I have both finished Dark Souls too. Wow. Okay. Ooh. What's the what's the hour count? Um. So. I think I last I think last podcast Dante had finished. Yes, uh, and you were you had like ten hours ahead of him or something. Yeah, no, I was. So much, after but. one, I was five hours ahead of him. Uh huh. After two, he is one hour ahead of me. Oh, so it's close going into yeah. Dark Souls three. So he finished two in twenty four hours or something, and I finished it in thirty. Uh, hours and it definitely attributed the fact that he has played it before and I had never played it, so I got a little lost. Okay. Um, and there's a lot more bosses in two, but uh, overall, our consensus was that the bosses aren't very difficult compared to one either. So, okay. so we're both playing three right now. Um, I'm cruising through it because. So, do you know how he's doing, or or is it, are you keeping quiet until you're both done? So with it? we this time we. Before we were kind of like giving little updates on time, or at least he was asking me my time all the time. Okay. Uh, this time he hasn't asked me at all, um, and usually we just kind of go back and forth with like little comments, like "Oh man, he, I hate this bullshit thing" or <laughs> whatever. Uh, so I, I at least know that he's getting towards the end. Um, like I think he might have like four four bosses left. Oh, so he's pretty close. Yeah, he, I mean he had a, a like a week head start on me, and then I'm about to hit like the halfway point. Um, but the big thing with this game is it has the hardest, what is considered the hardest boss in all of the Souls his games, like, overall. And I think that is going to tie, I think it's going to, that's where we're going to be spending most of our time, and that's where it's going to come down to. Yeah. Um, I've been, like, I've been cruising through, I think it's just because this is the most one that's super fresh in my mind, and, like... As soon as I started playing, I was like, I knew where to get all the weapons that I that I know I want to play with, and where to get, you know, uh, grab the the upgrades and stuff. And so I've been, yeah, cruising through the boss. I like finishing bosses that I remember like taking like twenty, thirty tries in one, two tries. <laughs> so how how are you feeling? Do you feel like you have it in the bag, or do you think he can uh, maintain his lead? I think if I keep my pace. Uh, right now, I think I will finish bef- like 
quicker than he does. Uh-huh. But I I don't think I will be able to. I'm very worried about so the the boss that we're it's called he's the nameless king he's an optional boss you don't but you have, have to beat him but you for guys our said, bet okay you have to beat him and he's very very difficult um he's just like the he has like an insane move set it's two phases you have to beat him riding a dragon and then you have to beat him like off the dragon and <laughs> it's tough um I've never beaten him so. <laughs> Okay, but now yeah. you have to. Yeah, so, yeah, right. Huh. This is or exciting. At least until I go over what he, if Dante beats him, and I go over like the hours or whatever. But so I think you guys shouldn't say when the other one beats it, and like, so you both have to beat it. Yeah, I, be- I agree with that. I don't know if Dante will do that though. I'll have a little chat with Dante yeah, because that would be that that's would be the way to do it. Because um, uh, you could be like, I'm really struggling on this. But the other person might be struggling more, so I have to power through. Right. So I asked Dante a question earlier. I was like, hey, uh, what do you go do first? Because there's basically a, a point where you, you have to go both directions, but uh-huh. you can go either or. And he said, I don't know if I should tell you. As in, oh. like, he thinks he went the like the faster way first. And he didn't want to clue so, you in. Yeah. I need, yeah. Or even so, if he went the wrong way, you would know to go the other way. So, yeah. either No matter which right. way he chose, it's information for you that he doesn't want you to have so i ended up going one way and then going back the and then ended up like going the other way and i should have gone the uh, i think i should have gone the other way but i don't know if that's the way he went or not so (laughs) i uh, love it yeah cool um it's exciting uh i yeah hoping to finish this up before ps5 next week yeah (laughs) so i can jump right into demon souls uh, all right, cool. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the best games of the generation to wrap up this generation of gaming. How does that sound? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we are back, and I very quickly, I forgot that I wanted to give an update on Resident Evil 7. I do not like Resident Evil 7, and I'm going to stop playing it. Ooh. I really don't like it. Uh, I think a big part of it is it doesn't feel like any of the Resident Evil games. It feels more like a horror game, and it feels like it's trying so hard to scare me, and yeah. that that's where it's trying to thrive is like, look at how scary this is. You're very underpowered, and there's these big black goop monsters, and I just run up to them and start stabbing them with a knife over and over, and it like cancels their animation so yeah. I, I'm just stabbing this goop monster over and over and I'm supposed to be like scared and running away and running out of bullets, but I'm, I'm just, I'm not enjoying it. I haven't been scared. I've had one jump scare of something jumping out of a wall, but everything else it's been anticipated. I'm like, so there's this puzzle with these, um, body incinerating tube things yeah. like they have in morgues. Um, and there was like a puzzle. It's like, do this one with this name and then the handprint and then this one will open. I'm like, there's absolutely going to be a thing in this, uh, a body in this when I open it. And sure enough, this ooze monster crawled out and I just stabbed him with the knife a bunch. But then you're, you're, I think it thrive, tries to thrive too hard on you being underpowered. And I think that it's a big fault of it. It's I, I know I should be able to stop these monsters based on like my abilities but the game is trying so hard to make it so that i can't but it feels artificial it feels like it's super artificially difficult yeah uh and i'm not about that i also don't like it being in first uh, person i don't like 
there's like scenes where I just like have to crouch in a corner while the scene plays out because the crazy mom is looking for me and she has a set pattern and I have to wait for her to do that set pattern before I go. And I wasn't, I think it's trying so hard to be scary and it's not scaring me. And I think it's failing everywhere else. I didn't, huh. I, I just don't like it. Have you played it? I've never played it, but uh, it's like on my list of, yeah. of games to play. It's on Game Pass, so you have no reason not to try it. And well, that's why. Other than that, my Xbox is like poop. <laughs> <laughs> PC? Do you play for Ultimate? It's on PC. I don't think it's on. It's on PC Game Pass? Yeah. Oh. I think it's on Ultimate. Uh, so yeah, you can get them both. Anyways, um, definitely try it. If you have Game Pass, because mm-hmm. uh, I want to know your opinion. Maybe I'm dumb and it's actually really good because people seem to really like it. Um, I'm going to go up and look up the story online because I want to yeah. know and go into 8 because 8 does look like it's more of a... It's going closer to what 4 was-ish. Yeah. Um, at least with like there being a town you're exploring and stuff. So. so do you think... Should I play it? Because I've only ever played Resident Evil 1. Should I just play this 7 next? Yeah, just you, don't to need, have, you don't need to play any of the other uh, ones. Well, I, I guess more of a... Like, you're coming at it from... You've played most of, if not all, the Resident Evil games. And you're like, this isn't like what I've been playing. Yeah. And I'm not sure I like it. Um, and I guess I, I'm interested. I feel like I am more likely to like it because I have only ever played one of them. It's probably the closest to one where it's right. you have so few bullets and one zombie is insanely terrifying. But I feel like that's what this is going for. You fight huh. one or two things. At, like two things at a time is supposed to be so overwhelming that you're going to die. Right, right. Uh, okay. And I like I don't like that. Okay. But, that's just me. I, I, I think I, I might... Give it a shot. I might play that before I play two then. I, I, I do have two. See, two gave me actual dread when I was running around, yeah. like knowing that there was three or four zombies and I could take on one or two easily. But once once there was like more one than I more. can keep my eyes on, that's when it became right, scary. Right. It's not the one thing in front of me. That that doesn't do it for me. you know. Right, right. Um, and I don't know if it gets more into the game. Like I become more powerful and then that's what it evolves into. I don't know. But, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, Resident Evil Seven take. I know Andrew said he also didn't finish it. Right? Yeah, he didn't um, like I'm, it very much either. So. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with eight. Uh, if it's set much different or if it's super similar. Um. But let's go on to our main topic of conversation here: the best games of the generation, gentlemen. Starting next week, we are in a new generation of gaming with the PS Five and the Xbox <laughs> Series. Uh, so I figured it would be a great uh, love letter to those consoles as our last or second to last episode before the new generation. Next week's episode, we're going to be talking about Super Mario RPG for our book club um, and in between the launch of the Xbox yeah. and PlayStation on the Wednesday. But let's talk about the best games of the generation. So this is defined by uh, anything that was on the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, and the Switch. We're going to cut off anything that was on the Wii U. Uh, obviously, Switch ports, kind of. I guess you can. It's like, <laughs> it's so muddled. Uh, there were so many great there. games on the Wii U, though. <sighs> there were were some they? great no. games. <laughs> Breath of the Wild, technically. Pikmin 3, but which is also was. now on the Switch. So, um, yeah. anyways, let's, let's get into it. I think uh, we're just going to kind of go and ramble off a bunch of games until we, we feel good about what we've rambled off and Go from there. Yeah. So where do we want to start? We want to start with the obvious ones. Or we want to start with the less obvious ones. I think we can just go around the table one at a time. What's the obvious one? 
obvious ones for us as a as a podcast the obvious one is hollow Knight. yes yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Knight. especially since the sequel yeah will supposedly be launching with the new generation yeah then ho- the next hollow Knight. yeah no there's still no release date on it well i mean but it's technically going to be in the next generation yeah. yes unless it'll it comes be out tomorrow generation. yes unless it were to come out tomorrow it will yeah. be i see so what i'm you're assuming yeah. like when you said launch with i thought you meant no. like next week <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, yeah i worded that wrong it's um, like it will be part of the next generation since the next generation starts next week yeah um we've talked about hollow Knight to death <coughs> uh best metroidvania game out there uh in visuals in the feeling of its gameplay in its world design in its uh simplistic story yeah but it just does everything perfectly um and i think even on a larger scale like a lot of this generation i feel like we talk especially on the switch uh like the switch was an indie box so i think like this generation specifically started seeing a lot more really good indie games Mm, for sure so i think like it's an overall theme you can't just like indie games you could have like an entire separate episode on honestly yeah if we really felt like it at some point we could yeah um but all I right think, yeah when i think of this generation it was a lot of really good indie games like even for the last couple of years nintendo hasn't even had a lot of like major first party games but it's been a lot of really good indies mm. uh so yeah i think that's enough for hollow knight from us <laughs> it's, probably it's our collective favorite game of the generation uh, i think easily but was it the best and that's the real question we're looking for here this isn't. We're not looking for the best. These. Are, <laughs> this is a collective of the know. best. You bastard. Um. All right, Adam. Considering so, Derek and I both had. Oh, I'd never owned a PS4, but I had access to PS4 throughout the generation, and I had an Xbox One. And Derek, you had both. Adam, you only had the Switch. Yeah. So that's kind of the only cards you're playing with right now. So uh, I, mean, I, we'll, had a, I had a few in mind from like PS4 and Xbox that I just. I went went and watched videos on because it just looked cool. Mm -hmm. Like the ones that I definitely saw the most of online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Why don't you go first and start uh, giving us some games? I mean, sorry, Andrew. I mean, you can't disregard Breath of the Wild. Breath (laughs) of the Wild! Uh, Mainly because it kind of sparked that idea of, like, yes, you can reinvent a series and still kind of hold on to the feeling of it. Yeah. You can reinvent a genre and yeah. have everybody start to mimic you over time. That's that's fair. Like, we have shut up, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> if I meant more on the idea of like maybe like it brought up the idea of you don't have to keep doing the same thing. Yeah, like you can definitely reinvent things. Mm-hmm. So that you can't. Ju- it's gotten so much hype for the sequel that you can't really. Plus, we have no idea what Nintendo is doing next for a console. I know they want to keep the, the switches. Switch lifespan Pro. long there are rumors about the switch pro but like that just might be a hardware <laughs> upgrade i don't think it's like a new console yeah i would say if they release that next year it would be in the new generation though probably like and it would be a, a significant that, upgrade yeah there are rumors that they're trying to do their yeah. significant upgrade to compete with like, the higher level of the ps5 mm. and the xbox series x I mean, yeah, unfortunately, I can only really talk about Nintendo games or things that were on the Switch. Yeah, that's fine. I, I will, and, and I mean, I'm sure Derek will also intentionally avoid them to to leave them for you to talk about. But, but I mean, when I think of other, like, games that were definitely, like, defined for the genre, I, from my experience, it's just things that I've heard you guys rave about, I've heard other people rave about. Like, a couple of things that come to mind, I think, are just off the bat, three, Red Dead, mm. God of War. Mm-hmm. And maybe even Sekiro on like the back, like the back end of it. Wait, yeah. no, sorry, uh, Ghosts, Ghosts of Tsushima. Ghosts of Tsushima. That's what I was thinking about. Like those are some of like the bigger games that I think I've heard about. I think 
overall it's kind of this idea of we're getting these more borderline cinematic things like these really awesome stories yeah uh the story it's god of war in particular is the biggest one for me out of those ones that you just listed i i loved god of war it was my game of the year for 2018 just the power it made you feel to be kratos using the leviathan axe uh what when you got the chains of chaos like that moment was that game is just filled with such amazing moments and like yeah. jaw dropping both gameplay feeling wise and cool story moments too uh that game is just incredible it it's it's one of those games that i i think you you think can think about almost in a polar opposite to resident evil 7 where uh it's fulfilling a power fantasy yeah you you know just i think you can rope ghosts of tsushima right in there with it i think uh, so yeah with the way the game the the way you progress as, as or the way the way the main character progresses and the way you progress as a player throughout the game is you know, w- while there's this great story going on, like the gameplay is more fun, more satisfying. You get more powerful and take on bigger things. And that's like a really satisfying gameplay mechanic that like is missing sometimes uh, or it isn't in every single game because not every game needs it. Um, I think like you can throw, you know, Hollow Knight in there as a game that fulfills a power power fantasy. Mm. Like at the end of the game, you you know, you are powerful. Um and yeah, I think that that like that definitely puts God of War uh I I would I would put God of War up there in my list over maybe Ghosts. I I think God of War uh, is higher yeah. than Ghosts just because for me of how personally. yeah, like how good and how refined that game feels. Um yeah, like God God of War was definitely one of my favorites of of this generation. Yeah, I think God of War is like a personally top three game of the generation for yeah. me. And and talk about reinventing a a series, uh, just like Breath of the Wild reinvented Zelda. God of War reinvented God of War. Yeah, and gave us something that felt familiar enough, yet completely different. That it it became you know re- like yeah made the series even better. Yeah, that's like because when you like when Jeffy texted us earlier, like you know, come with like three or five games. I kind of realized like, like oh shit, the list like, should be bigger than that. But no, like for me personally, it's like I did not. I'm like two thirds of the pool is out for me because I only got the PC this past year. Yeah, that's true. So like I started thinking more about like what we're talking about now, like what were some of the major themes that defined it, like and one of those that mm-hmm. I really came up with was the redefining and like the revisiting of all these classic yeah storylines yeah. like even mm. crash bandicoot's getting a resurgence now like we saw remasters we saw remakes i think that was a big defining moment for this past generation of things like you can tell new stories and keep the old feelings but you don't have to be stuck in the same patterns yeah and it, that's something i'm hoping to see going forward to the next generation i want to see more of that yeah, like, like, yeah, me too. Like, do some New, unexpected more invention, stuff. reinventions of things. You know, like time to like build from the ground up. Take what you have and just do something new with it. Like you don't need to lose the feeling that the game gave. Mm-hmm. Like this goes for like any kind of series you could think of, but like try some new stuff. And I think like while we've been like running around the idea of like Breath of the Wild clone lately, I think you got to get away from the idea of that because Breath of the Wild like it just kind of pushed the boundary for what is expected. Of open world games, so like, if it, I don't really think it's fair to call games that are doing similar things a clone, because I don't think that's the point. They're not trying to just, oh, it was good because you know like, we want we want to be successful like that was. It's like, oh wow, that was a really cool thing to do. 
How mm. can we do something like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm right on board with you for that. Um, I do want to shout out uh, three big JRPGs in Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and Persona 5 Royal. Mm. I think these three games uh, all kind of bring something amazing to the table. Final Fantasy 15. It made a more intimate Final Fantasy story, which is really cool. Just having the four guys who are in your party from the start and they're with you all the way through the end and it's their tale as a group as opposed to just being like the main protagonist's tale and you follow them and people kind of yeah. jump on top of you as you go. Um, and kind of the the full transition into the 3D action era of JRPGs. I feel like Final Fantasy seven or fifteen was a big uh a big step in that direction or like mm-hmm. the initial step into jrpgs kind of turning into that so i think that game was really awesome in that regard final fantasy 7 really make obviously a very special place in my heart but the battle system in that i thought was absolutely incredible so revolutionary it did something we'd never seen before in an action jrpg now where yeah. it kind of melded what they used to be with what they've become into this weird hybrid combat system that's so fun very, to play. Very and then there's cool. even that idea you were like floating around the theory is like it's different from the first one slightly because they're setting up a completely new branching story. Yeah, so it's that's another thing is it's revisiting a game from the past and doing some weird alternate yeah, doing its own little thing story stuff to make it a fresh experience. Yeah, and so like yeah. To, to set up a new game later. So like that's right back on what I was talking about earlier. Like take what you know and love. But let's do something new and cool. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And then Persona, Persona 5 Royal. Whew, that <laughs> yeah. That is like the epitome of turn-based uh, JRPGs. And that game has so much style. The Some of the best music in all of video games. The visuals are so cool and fun. And the characters are lovable. And the interactions, it has that. Uh, also, I want to shout out, now that I'm thinking about it, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, it does the similar yeah. thing where it's, a, it's like a life sim and a relationship building sim in a, a combat <laughs> turn-based. <laughs> turn-based RPG. Yeah. Uh, so those both excel in that, and it's a very cool, fun, unique gameplay thing I didn't know I wanted. So I wanted to shout out all of those games for sure. Derek, uh, give me something. I so I I feel like there's a definitely a general theme in our 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 discussion here, and it's it's games that just kind of reinvent things yeah um i think one of one of the most talked about and probably uh you know yeah like one of maybe the best games of last generation was the two dark souls games and instead of just treading on that you know just making the same game again uh from decide went off and made two reinvented the genre like their style in two incredible games in bloodborne and sekiro um i've talked about bloodborne so much on on this (laughs) podcast uh that i think you know it kind of speaks for itself they they took their gameplay style and made it something different it's the same it's you know they reinvented it in a new way to uh change it up just enough to be you know one of the, the the best games of this generation and then even did it again with Sekiro in the you know in the same generation with how they you know made it more of this action uh like ninja um role play where you know like the, they changed up the gameplay entirely instead of 
you know, dodging around and being slow, you're you're deflecting and parrying and and but still keeping the same kind of level design and and world design, but changing the combat up, changing the 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 strategy and and yeah, just like creating this all new not genre, but style of game that that um just completely blew people's minds. Yeah, uh, tweaking it just enough to make it fresh and interesting, but close yeah. enough to its source material where it, it still feels good. I I think it's easy to to look at this like the or the the this generation of gaming that we're in with like a pessimistic eye and think, "Oh, it's just remakes and rehashes and and nothing's original anymore." But there are so many games out there that are doing um doing this, you know, it like when you take your eye away from the open world Ubisoft clones that, you know, sell tons and the um the the Call of Duties and and even you know even Halo you know like there's there's genre there's developers game developers out there that are putting out games that are doing really cool new things and they're usually the most talked about you know none of these games are underrated or or like flew under the radar like every game we're talking about was well received and talked like was received well because it was just doing something a little bit different, reinventing something. It's it's really cool. It, it's going to be hard to top. Yeah. But then even <laughs> yeah. then, like kind of branching on that, we even had games that I know, uh, Outer Wilds, like things like that that are just Ugh. like so completely unique out of the park and unique. Yeah, yeah, like things like that. Like that's what I want to see. Mo- like I want to see more of it, but I think like this past generation was a really cool moment for games like that. Like. I'm gonna do something completely unique that people haven't seen before. Yeah, because like Outer Wilds wasn't an action game. It wasn't even like it was somewhere between like just open exploration and like puzzle and mystery. It like blended yeah. all yeah. these different things together. It's like the evolution of Mist, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind exploring of, it, a world, being having a story told to you, and solving puzzles along the way to to learn this really cool story. Yeah, like the coolest thing was the story wasn't even shoved at you. It was like you just kind of start. Okay, going in space today, man. And like, yeah. And like later, it's like, oh, there's a story. It, yeah. It, cool. it almost it starts off as one of uh, those games that I think. Uh, you know, when you think of like, um, yeah, like really big survival, like survival games are are were very big this generation with uh, like Minecraft exploding into even more. Um, oh yeah, game. Uh, I can't even think of any survival <laughs> games, but it, it's it's a popular genre, and so this kind this game kind of like starts as that is like, oh, okay, let's see what's out there. I don't I don't know, and then you start to learn. Oh, okay, there's things going on, and then yeah, you have that first time the sun explodes, and you're like. Uh, so is that supposed to happen? All right. So I don't. Hmm, like, okay. Yeah, like if you didn't know anything about the game going <laughs> in, you'd be like, "Is that supposed to happen? Did I really? Did I really fucked up this game? Yeah. Did I, how did I just <laughs> like, die? Did so, I lose? Uh, you know. Yeah. What yeah, just happened? Oh wait, I'm not dead. Okay. Yeah. I'm back here. Um, I want to talk about the the uh, kind of the opposite of what we have been talking about and we have been talking about as a whole. So instead of games that have revolutionize and redefine genres what i want to talk about the games that have perfected genres mm-hmm. so okay. uh, i think hades is a great example of this i feel like hades yeah. has nearly perfected the roguelike genre it's just so clean so well done it's the it's like a roguelike that's pushed the boundaries of storytelling in mm-hmm. a game that's about doing the same thing over and over again which is really interesting and i think celeste is also like has perfected the platformer, the, like the yeah, SNES yeah. style platformer, and that's another game where 
uh, it has a really complex, deep story, and the gameplay mechanics interweave with the story in such yeah, a way. Yeah. And it's such a simple 16-bit visual style, but it's all you need to like still make a fun, complex, deep game. Uh, it's one yeah. of my all-time favorites. Yeah, graphics aren't everything. Exactly. The, I, there, there are so many games, I feel like, that came out uh, this generation that like I still haven't played that are like are, you, know, you can consider like best of the generation. Uh, like I, Celeste, I still haven't you had a chance play to play Celeste, to dive dude. Into. Um, I know one that's on my list that is kind of it seems to have perfected uh, another style of a game is uh, Disco Elysium. Where it's kind of the narrative, um, driven, narratively driven. It's not like what uh, point. It's not a point and click, but it is kind of. It's not. It's like a, a, a story game. There's. I know the the word. There's a word. <laughs> Crap. Um, narrative. There's a word for it, and I can't. Uh, walking sim. Uh, no, it's not a walking simulator because it's it's like a top down perspective, and you're it's it's like a. This detective. describes it as a role playing game, but yeah, it so it but it's it's an old style role playing game, yeah. like games like um, like almost like those Sam and Max games where it's yeah. you're kind of just like walking around. It's it's not. Well, I think the it's like the evolution of the point and click adventure. It, yeah, kind of. Um, what, oh, like the old Fallout games. That's what I'm okay. kind of thinking of. Where it's yeah, the the isometric RPG. That's what. There we go. I found the word. He did it. <laughs> um, that's like a really well talked about game of last year that I've been like waiting, wanting to play, and I just haven't got time to do it. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other like really big isometric RPGs I think that came. Wasteland Two. I guess these are also more PC related now that I'm thinking about it. I don't think these are console games, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of great games out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any more that we want to hit? Because I've kind of I've run the gamut on like my top favorites of the generation. Oh, Mario Odyssey. There we go. Yeah, that, that's another another, another perfection. perfected the 3D yeah. platformer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that's both like a perfector, a perfector, and almost like a, a reinventor. Yeah, yeah, one and or two and one. I think you could say, and this might be a bold claim, uh, that Smash Ultimate uh, has like perfected the the party game and like the crossover game, the crossover p- party fighting game. It's, it's drawing in so many characters we never thought we'd see in yeah, a Smash game. It's insane. That is like that is like the museum of video games in a video game. It's yeah. the coolest thing. I love it. It is the video game tribute video game. Absolutely. Like these are you want to see all your iconic favorite characters in one game beating the crap out of each other do i have a game for you <laughs> i i can't think of a fighting game that came out this generation that was more like well received and more like supported than i think like smash ultimate it is the highest selling fighting game of all time yeah, yeah like for a good reason they did something right this time um i think anyone can safely go play any of the games we just mentioned in the last half hour or so <laughs> there's just so many that we didn't even get to touch on yeah there's so many that i haven't played uh like you were saying derek uh, i still haven't played horizon zero dawn which i've heard is amazing yeah i haven't played red dead 2 i haven't played <sighs> i don't know if i need to play death stranding but oh man <laughs> kojima i wouldn't i don't know i would put uh, i would put maybe uh metal gear solid 5 up here on one of the best games of the generation just because of for what gameplay it, specifically the what it did with the yeah the open world gameplay sandbox kind of thing in the same vein of uh breath of the wild where yeah. it kind of just 
changed up how you could do like a stealth action game in an open world. I've heard it's amazing. Um, but Fun to play. It's also a game where it has its flaws. Like the story is complete, weird. The the game isn't actually complete. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And then uh, let's not forget one of the best running game jokes of the generation, I think, is how many times can you resell Skyrim? <laughs> three. I bought it three times. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 but that's forget. not including my Alexa version. You forget they managed to sell it one last time because they sold Bethesda to Xbox. <laughs> How to, they sold it one more yeah, time. We sneakily <laughs> sold Skyrim for what is this, forty billion dollars? Yeah, <laughs> idiots. I saw that joke going around a while ago. Like that son of a bitch, he managed to sell us Skyrim again. <laughs> uh, um. All right. Cool. I'm feeling pretty good about that. So think, wait, one, one last thought. Okay, like, one last. Just like we also saw like the emergence of like. Like how many like fads have we had this year, or just this generation? This generation yeah, battle like, royales. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. they also brought us the battle royale. This generation, and, ju- and just like the idea of like you know random games that just gain games sudden, as a service. Popu- sudden popularity. Like Fall Guys was huge for a few months. Now we're on uh, Among Us. Among, Among Us. us. Yeah, like, yeah. Before that, uh, Fortnite was like all over social media for probably like a solid year. Yeah. So I think that's when you ask me, that's like a solid generation defining moment of like games as services things are yeah. like flash in the pan games yeah stuff yeah. like that well, nothing wrong with them but it's definitely just something that we hadn't seen until the last few years yeah what was the worst game kingdom hearts 3 yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i didn't even play it but I, you talk about I, it so much i really didn't like kingdom hearts 3 uh that's one of the worst experiences i had one of the, the worst game. games i think this, uh you i think the definitive, or not definitive, but another one to throw down that was Anthem was probably one of the worst Ooh, games. Of yeah, the T-Con, generation. Tcon tried so hard yeah. to make Anthem work, and yeah. I was just like, I don't know, man. I'm hearing terrible things. He's like, No, <laughs> I, I got this cool exoskeleton. I'm loving it. And three hours later, he's like, I don't really have much left to do. <laughs> That's what I heard about. I, I had a friend who tried it out, and he said it was just. Yeah, you grind for loot, and that's the game. Yeah, well, that's a lot of games these days. But I mean, this one was especially bad. Like, yeah, it was from what he, my friend told me, it was built in such a way where like there were only a few things that were actually viable, and it was everything was kind of locked by. Oh, you want the good thing? Mm. Money, please. Yeah. Um. So it was like you either grind for hours and hours and hours to maybe get the good thing. Yeah, yeah. Or you give me two bucks and I give you the good thing. Gotta love it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's do some trivia. I gotta go to bed because I have to wake up super <laughs> duper yeah. early tomorrow. Rip. Okay. Me versus Derek. Let's do it. The one v one trivia Oof. with the the megabyte trivia topic for today is games of the generation. Who would have thunk it? Ready, gentlemen. Hold on. I gotta delete my Wolfenstein trivia. Unless <laughs> Return to Castle Wolfenstein is one of the answers. It is. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay. Are you guys ready? Yep. Hold up. Question. iPhone updated. Din number one. Question number one. What is the best-selling Nintendo Switch game? So on the Nintendo Switch, what game sold more copies than any other uh, game? I'm going to need an answer from you, gentlemen. It looks oh, like... That's a good question. Thank you. There's a, there's a couple things. All right. Uh, Adam, what is the best-selling Nintendo Switch game? Is it Smash Ultimate? Oh, I said Derek? Breath of the Wild. You are both wrong. Ooh. It is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Ah, that was oh. my next guess. Uh, yeah, Mario 8. I mean, to be fair, there was like, 8. that could have been like four different things. <laughs> yeah, I think it has like a 60%, 70% attach rate, something like that, something crazy. Yeah. That like games just that don't get. That makes sense. 
Question number two. What is the top-selling Xbox One game? So what Xbox Ooh. One game sold more games than any other game on the console? Yes, Derek? Um, exclusive? Not exclusive. Not exclu- so whatever Ooh. game sold What the most. games sold the okay. most on Xbox One? I'm trying to think of Xbox One games. Remember, it doesn't have to be an exclusive game. Total guess. All right, we're going to have Adam go first here. Adam, what was the best-selling Xbox One game? I'm guessing Red Dead 2. I said Call of Duty Black Ops 3. It was Grand Theft Auto 5. Oh, it was Grand Theft Auto. I the biggest game of, the, arguably the biggest game of the generation. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about actually, that. Actually, that came out on 360, didn't it? Yes, it's it transcended did. this past generation. It's, tra- it's, it's going to transcend sky- another. It, yeah. It's the Skyrim it's, it's another sky- Grand Theft Autos. Like, how many times can you resell this? Question number three. What was the top-selling PS4 game? We just ran the gambit, gentlemen. <laughs> this is your question. <laughs> what is the top-selling PS4 game? This point. Uh, we're going to have Derek go first on this one. Derek, what was the top-selling PS4 game? Uh, uh, I'm going to go for it and say Grand Theft Auto V. God of War? Adam, it was Grand Theft Auto V. Oh. Uh, Damn, I thought it'd be different. The top-selling game on both Xbox One and PlayStation 4 was a game from the pe- previous generation. Yeah, that what? makes sense. It's a little sad. I, I kind of hate that. Question number four. Don't forget, handhelds, traditional handhelds died in this generation. Oh, yeah. So what was the top-selling 3DS game? Ooh, those are some uh, puzzled looks on your faces. Uh, Adam is thinking. Derek is typing. What was the top-selling 3DS game? Adam, I'm going to have you go first. So when you're ready, please tell me. (laughs) Pokemon Sun and Moon. Why not? Derek? I said Super Mario 3D Land. It was Mario Kart 7. Come on, guys. (laughs) Mario Kart always <laughs> sells the most. I, you forget, though. I you know <laughs> like, I forget Mario Kart's a thing sometimes. Yeah, that's. I, I didn't think it was. It's really that that popular. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's huge. Always, I think it's always Mario like Kart the top is selling. always the number one selling game for every Nintendo. Yeah, it was the top selling for Wii, I think. Yeah, Mario Kart Wii. Okay, the, the Wii Double Dash. Double Dash. It's always the top selling. Yeah. All right, question number five. I got. I got to get this. So I can't go down with zero. So, as you know, we we keep explaining. Oh, the next generation of video games or the current generation. The there are numbers for the generations. What number generation oh. is the PS4 and Xbox One? So something you can math out if you or if you're quick on your toes and have a good knowledge of video game history. Adam, you're gonna go first here, buddy. What was what was the current generation? So is this like of video from the beginning, consoles? like the beginning of like any console ever? Yep. What generation are we in? <laughs> All right. What is your guess, Adam? Six, ninth. We are currently in the eighth generation wow. oh, of wow. gaming. Wow. With the PS5 and Xbox so Series going to be the ninth. Oh, it was the question what we, we are What are we in? currently in? Oh, yeah. I thought the almost I thought that. you were asking what the next one well, was. Well, the next one is ninth. So ninth. in that case you would have been right, but it didn't matter. Uh quickly I'm going to go through <laughs> uh the first generation was Home Pong, Telstar, 
Color TV game series and Odyssey, the Magnavox, Magnavox Odyssey. Odyssey. Yep. The second generation was Atari 2600, ColecoVision, uh, the Odyssey 2, and Intellivision. Third generation was Atari 7800. I didn't even know they made it Atari 7800. NES Video Pack plus G7400 and the Master System. And then this is going to be start to where you kind of recognize some names. Yeah. Fourth generation Super Nintendo, CDI, Sega Genesis, and Turbo Graphics. 16. Uh, the fifth generation is the Atari Jaguar. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> uh, N64, Sega Saturn, PCFX, and the PlayStation. Sixth is the GameCube, Dreamcast, PS2, and Xbox. Seventh is the Wii, the Hyperscan, which is a Mattel thing, apparently. PS3 and Xbox 360. And the eighth is the Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One. Apparently, <coughs> excuse me, the Wii U doesn't classify yeah, anyway. Yeah, the Wii U doesn't classify as the next generation. We, it's, we it's like a, to forget about it's that It's its own generation. What about the Ouya? What generation was that in? Uh, <laughs> the Lost that? Generation. That's that uh, Linux-based. Yeah, uh, Linux. It was yeah. like an Android-based. Uh, uh, with one point, Derek wins. Uh, yeah. Do I get a pity point for getting a perfect zero? <laughs> no. Oh. I thought that was going to be relatively easy. I thought they were so I mean, there are dumbly <laughs> obvious. The, the were, answers were Mario Kart, GTA, GTA, Mario <laughs> Kart. I mean, <laughs> would anyone in their right mind assume trivia would be that one-sided in answers? No, that's why I keep you on your toes. <laughs> you know, I almost didn't say Grand Theft Auto V for the third one. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it couldn't be and that obvious. I was obvious. like, you know what? No, it's it's, it's that obvious. It is that obvious. It's always that I obvious. feel duped. Uh, the tiebreaker, as of now, how many home consoles have been sold of the eighth generation? Oh, redemption. I need, at least, I need at least something. <laughs> yeah, just shout out a number. 18 million. 50 million. 217. Oh, God. This okay. is PS4, Switch, and okay, everything. P, uh, or Xbox One combined. Yeah, I thought okay. it was. Also, the Xbox One is assumed because there isn't. they don't actually give out numbers yeah, for Xbox they sales. It's that bad. Um, All right. Perfect that wraps zero. up this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Game Sharks Podcast. You can find our website, Game Sharks, www.thegamesharks.com. Uh, and you can email us at gamesharkspodcast at yahoo.com. Send us any trivia that you have. Send us any discussion questions that you got for us. Thank you, Andrew, for emailing us today. Or just uh, send us an email and check in. Let us know how you're doing. We, we appreciate all of our listeners here. But with that, we are Finn. Stop buying Grand Theft Auto. Ha, 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 ha.